2: Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts.
0: Thanks for tuning into another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. It is a big, big show today as we are writing down, jotting down the official Miami Dolphins must-do to-do list for this offseason. And to help us solidify this list, we Pulled some people on Twitter, but also I can't get through a forty-minute podcast on my own. Joshua Houts, Brian Kett, fellas, happy, happy Thursday.
1: Happy, yeah. <laughs> maybe, to, maybe to some, but uh, it's uh, yeah, not happy Sad when cold. you don't have a game. You don't have a game to look forward to, but uh, and frankly, Jake, I blame you for all of it. <laughs> I'll take that.
2: Yeah, there's nothing happy about this. I was driving. I don't remember where I was coming back from, but I'm just driving. I'm just like, dude, just thinking of misery. Like, there's music playing in my head, and I'm just like, it sucks, man. The season's over. It looked so promising at one point, and now we're, um, you know, daggering our heart. But we're going to power through this as we always do. And um, like Jake said, I'm happy to be here with you guys talking about the team we love, despite how many times throughout our life they continue to uh, hurt us and let us down in so many different ways.
0: I just have Jalen Waddle's voice just echoing my head when he was in the side, on the sideline there in Hard Knocks. How, how could we only score seven points? We are far too talented. And uh, that's, I think, what makes this offseason so frustrating. There's a, there's a lot of questions about this team. The talent was through the roof. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're just kind of spinning out of control in that same old circle.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. and that, It was a lot easier back uh, in the Chad Henney, Ryan Tannehill days where even if the Dolphins were seven and seven with a couple with two games left to play and didn't make the playoffs it's like all right well even if they had made the playoffs you kind of know what's going to happen in the first or second round but this year was different i mean the dolphins you know with with the most yards in the league second most points uh, you know the league leader in passing the most the running back with the most rushing yards the wide receiver with the most receiving yards you know the offensive line plays better than you thought you know third in the league in sacks when you. Tally that all up and say you didn't even win the division or a playoff game. Yeah. That's really disappointing.
0: Now. I'm sorry. I was just going to say,
2: especially when they had it, you know, right there, right, right in front of them. I mean, um, they have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, we can all sit there and look at their injury list. We were talking about CVS reports all season long. We know what they've been through, but um, they still look like they were capable of going out there and beating those teams late in the season. And, um, it just sucks that we're not gonna sit here with so much doubt. And we can't even have our answers or our questions answered until um this time again next year. So um it's just gonna be a long, long off season and it sucks.
0: We're entering the cold off season. The Miami Dolphins are forty million dollars over the salary cap. Uh that's something we're gonna to have to chip away at. But guys, for the first time in the Mike McDaniel era, at least for now, they have a first round pick. That's that's at least a pretty exciting uh fact, isn't it?
1: first and a second round pick. I mean, Whoa. that's uh, that, that is exciting. And, and, you know, we'll get further into the draft stuff, obviously, as, as the off season progresses, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it'll be fascinating to see what direction they, they take um, those draft picks in because the dolphins are going to lose several players and there, I, I don't see a scenario in where they're going to go out and be aggressive in free agency and, or sign anyone really other than guys who are making just a few million dollars a year, but they do have 37 unrestricted free agents. So we'll, we'll see who they're able to, you know, pile up enough money for to, to, to retain.
2: Yeah. And we've been petrified. I mean, this thing's been like the boogeyman, right. Staring over our shoulder throughout the entire season. And we're just like, you know, go away. Right. We're, we're playing for the division this year. You know, now we're in the playoffs get out of here. Now that the season's over, we're like, Oh, man, we got all these players leaving, and we're talking about finally having a first and second round draft pick. I mean, to me, the biggest thing I want to see, like you mentioned, Kat, is not only which direction they go, but can they hit on these picks, right? I mean, you look at Chris Greer's, uh, I guess, career in the draft and some of the players he hit on, and some of these guys, um, I don't want to say were the easy picks where they were selecting, but, you know, Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddle at the time, I mean, there were some stars that kind of fell into their lap, so I want to see – if they can hit on these first and second round picks when you're losing so many great players to free agency, when you've proven, like I know you both have mentioned throughout the year, you shame you didn't draft the linebacker because you need linebacker help, right? Channing Tyndall was, um, you know, that kind of sucks. I, I was kind of stoked on him and I was kind of stoked on Cam Smith too. But when you're missing on picks like that, you have no room for error when your cap space is, you know, astronomical. So I'm going to try to see which direction they go and whether or not Chris Greer can finally hit those picks because um, these last few years, we need those players at those positions to step up and, Um, Let's be honest, they just weren't ready for one reason or another.
0: And to make this thing work, the Dolphins are going to have to squeeze every single um, quarter, nickel, dime out of the uh, couch cushions that they can find. So, guys, let's do it. Let's try to prioritize this offseason for the Miami Dolphins. This will be a lot of fun because we can follow this list throughout the offseason. We can make changes down the road, but we'll have to think of some long, dramatic process to make that happen. So, took to Twitter, got some great responses. Sorry if I don't use yours here, but I want to start with D2 who uh, gave me 10. So guys, I don't know how you want to go about this specifically. So maybe pull out one or two of these that kind of catch your ear right away. And you want to talk about, but uh, for his top 10, it started with extending Christian Wilkins followed by AVG. You sign a new special teams coach, O-line help across the board, upgrading a wide receiver, three quarterback, two as well. Punter. You find a replacement for Xavier and Howard. You find a fourth running back and then better conditioning to avoid injuries. So right out of that list, is there any that really uh, sticks out to you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, those are all good. Those are all good ones there. And I, I wish the Dolphins had the money to pull that out. The way I look at it is if the Dolphins, you know, obviously they're going to, they're you know, two is going to be the quarterback next year. They're going to have Jalen Wild. They're going to have Tyreek Hill. How do the Dolphins take that next step up, knowing that they're going to lose lose players? And the way I look at it is you've got to piece together every single last piece and dedicate it to the offense. And to that, I mean, Robert Hunt and Connor Williams, to me, are priority number one and priority number two. Because if you do that, you give Tua the clean pocket that he had at the beginning of the 2023 season and the weapons returning. I don't give a damn about defense this year. I really don't. I mean, Christian Wilkins and Andrew Van Ginkle, I'm not paying Andrew or Christian Wilkins $20 million. And I'm, look, Van Ginkle had a fantastic year for the Dolphins, but you can't give him the money that he's earned this year, even with the injuries to Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. The Dolphins are in a rough position there. And to me, the way I look at just the whole scope of the offseason is dedicate as much. Many resources to the offensive side of the ball you can because Tua isn't Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar Jackson. So you've got to surround him with a almost perfect ecosystem in order to, to survive there. And on the defensive side of the ball, look, you could bring back Christian Wilkins, bring back Andrew Van Ginkle, but you're probably going to be in the exact same spot as at the end of next year as you are this year. You got to do something, you got to do something a little different. And, and to me, that's that's doing everything possible to give to uh as much help as he needs do you um sorry sorry
0: to cut you off josh do you prioritize um center or, or right guard let, let, let's try to stick at one w- what do you start with uh connor williams or robert hunt in that scenario
2: well that was actually i mean if i was the first person to speak that was gonna be my number one right i mean you have a list here that you also made jake and we have a ton um that came in from our listeners but to me robert hunt needs to be that name and um i continue to go back to uh Cat mentioned it. I mean, you hate to see him get hurt, but it's going to favor the Dolphins, at least as far as, um, you know, signing him to his next deal, right? He's not going to get paid top dollar as he might have if he was going in, you know, finishing the year strong. I mean, again, we wish he was out there 100% because who knows what would have happened. But I would definitely prioritize Robert Hump, but I can see why Connor Williams is also at the top of that list, right? I mean, I think he's one of the better centers in football. It just also seems like he wants to get paid. Like he's one of the best, if not the best. So um, Liam Eichenberg, I mean, you it wasn't that big of a drop-off. I mean, I'm the biggest, I don't really, I've said a lot of bad things about Liam Eikenberg. I guess I'll say that, but I thought he played okay at center and I was intrigued to see, you know, a little bit more. So if we had to go out there with him at center and then you have um, Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson, you know, as two a some of those blindside protectors, I mean, I feel pretty good about that. So um, for me, it's Robert Hunt, he's at the top of that list before even a Christian Wilkins and Andrew Van Ginkle. Who, like Kat said, I mean, if you have all these other guys you got to pay, you're this much over the cap. We expect to atone by Loa as much as you know some people are sitting there going back and forth, um, complaining, um, you know, trying to replace him or whatnot. He's going to get an extension, right? So, you have to pick and choose who you sign. And I think at the top of my list would be Robert Hunt.
0: Yeah, I like, the, I really like the idea of that continuity, having that entire side of the offensive line locked down. Uh, making Robert Hunt that that priority, I I think, is a great idea. And then it could also be Chris Greer. You know, I drafted this guy, and we're giving him a second contract, like Austin Jackson, talking about that offensive line success story. So let's write that down. Robert Hunt as Miami Dolphins' biggest offseason or even pre-offseason priority. They can have those conversations. Now, guys, I want to talk about center for a quick second here because I do agree that I think that center could go number two here. Uh, But I'd like to get your guys' thoughts here on how much the offensive line would improve with Connor Williams. And when we're discussing that the dolphins are already 40 million and, you know, over the cap, you need some young players to step in and and have a big role. I'd be pretty comfortable having Lee Meikenberg start, but, why not, you know, keep throwing darts at this unit, the offensive line? Wouldn't it kind of make sense to look at what the the Baltimore Ravens did and, and the Kansas City Chiefs with drafting a center pretty early? And, you know, obviously you don't want to snap your fingers and say whatever center's there, we can instantly plug and play. But that kind of seems like a position that if you can hit on that first and second round pick, you don't have to think about it for at least eight years. So while I think Connor Williams could be an option, and I think maybe even a cheaper option uh, than some might have Project getting Robert Hunt on the books is so important because I'm already seeing the aggregator websites putting uh five players, the, the Lions are going to go after and free agency, the Cardinals, and having Robert Hunt be the face of that. It gets me super jealous. So, I wonder if you can kind of work around and improve this offensive line, let Liam kind of quote unquote be that guy, and then maybe you draft someone who can hit the ground running. And then Chris Greer can say how great he is at drafting offensive linemen,
1: right? And Robert Hunt is depending on where you look, I mean, PFF. Projected him to make 13 or 14 million um, per year. A spot track had him at 9 million. Uh, he's probably going to end up somewhere in between those two figures. And yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Scrape together every last dollar you have because not only is he a, a fantastic right guard, but if you get in a pinch, you can play right tackle as well. And, you know, Connor Williams, it'll be fascinating to see. What the league thinks of him with with his injury, because would it make more sense for Connor Williams at 27 years old if he's not going to be, you know, in tip top form? Would it make more sense for him to come back to the Dolphins on a one year contract, play through that round back into shape and then try to get his big payday?
2: Yeah. And you know, one thing I told you before we came on here about the hamsters taking time to turn, but whether or not you sign Connor Williams, that then opens things up with Liam Eikenberg, right? I mean, you're not probably not going to move uh, Connor Williams back to guard, although we know he can play guard very well, but um, Liam Eikenberg could then shift over to guard. And then you'd probably need um, to Armstead to to either come back or I, I guess he's talking maybe potentially retiring, but I think that's the way to go. I think you need to get the offensive line in check. And I, I do think cat had the right approach when he's sitting here saying, just max out that offense. And um, I think, Jake, you touched on that as well earlier in the year. So, um, yeah, Connor Williams, Jake- Robert Hunt, lock it up.
1: And I'll tell you this. If you were to tell me right now the Dolphins would bring back Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, re-sign Kendall Lamb for cheap, and they would lose every single last free agent from Christian Wilkins on down to the janitors, I would take it. That's that's the way I perceive this offseason because I I want them – to return Hill and Waddle and H and H N and keep that speed, but also be able to protect Tua. That is, to me, the route to a championship. Anything else, you're talking about a nine to eleven win team again?
0: Man, I, I I wouldn't hate eleven wins, but no, I I, I totally get that, and I think really understanding where the dolphins can lean into continuity is going to be so important those guys you can kind of trust and build around year after year after year um uh, so number one I, I say we put robert re-signing robert hunt number two can we say figure out the center position because i think that connor williams is going to be up in there and and while we have really in offensive
2: a of- line sorry invest in offensive line should i write that down do you guys trust uh, Chris Greer to say we don't bring back uh, Connor Williams or we throw Liam Mike and bring out there? Either way, do you, uh, you know anticipate Chris Greer being able to draft an offensive lineman because he's—I don't know—he's his history doesn't suggest he's the best at it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that he definitely doesn't have a great track record there. I mean, I, I think it is a just taking a, a glance at, at the draft class, uh, Jackson powers, Johnson from Oregon, Zach Frazier from West Virginia. It looks like a pretty good center class. And I, I, the guy I was eyeing last year when they took cam Smith was John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. I thought he would have been a 10 year starter. And he, he looked good when he was on the field, um, for the giants this past year. So, um, the easy answer is I think any idiot can draft a center, but, <laughs> um, um, it seems like the offensive linemen that career has drafted have, at least for the totality of the rookie contract, have been disappointments.
0: He has that uh, he's got an Adam Dunn type vibe when it when it comes to uh, drafting these offensive linemen. Maybe a home run, fair chance it's going to strike out. How about uh, invest in an interior offensive lineman? Because Isaiah Wynn, that's still up in the air. I, I do wonder if that guard situation for the Miami Dolphins was good enough late in the year, because I think what those uh, good teams did, especially late in the season, they beat the crap out of the Dolphins' interior offensive line. They just pushed him back play after play. And while we can get on Tua for uh, maybe taking too long to get off the first read, and then you can know he's going to do a second read the second he pats on the ball, I think having that interior offensive line maybe improve 20, 30% can go a long way in helping him even find that second option 20% more often than the time. I think would go a long way for this offense.
1: Yeah, that that's it right there. I mean, and offensive line to me is one and two. I mean, Robert Hunt, uh, number one, Connor Williams, uh, or get somebody as good as him. I, I think you're going to have a tough time finding somebody that is as good as Connor Williams. Um, but then again, you've got the element of Connor Williams having the torn ACL that, that, has to be factored into this too. And how big of a contract does he get based on that? Uh, I, I want Hunt and Connor Williams to be signed long-term. If the Dolphins can pull that off with the limited resources they have, that is the best thing for me. Um, And then everything else on the team, I'm flexible with, with pulling resources together from wherever they may come from, but the offensive line, you got to get right because that was the problem this year, uh, late in the year, where When teams started to to pick up on that team speed that the Dolphins had on offense and the quick release, Tua was not in the habit of going to his second read or, if he did, wasn't very good at it. And so he's got to get in the habit of of being able to get to that second read or make a a couple of more uh, plays that are not on structure.
0: I do think um, I mean, Chris Greer is never going to come out and say like the world's on fire. Things are in a bad situation, uh, but he didn't seem too concerned about the salary cap situation. He he kind of just said that uh, him and Mr. Ross have already had some things planned. So, I mean, I could see the Dolphins going absolutely uh, bananas with, in terms of just – um switching up contracts uh, uh you know throughout the offseason i mean i wish i could go into more details but you don't really don't know how they restructure contracts until they do it turning things into salary uh bonuses and things like that but i mean steven ross he's done some you know silly things said some stupid things in the past he's never afraid to throw money around so i don't really want to give up on the idea of keeping someone like christian wilkins around just for the fact of trying to see of what this dolphins defense has done i mean he's played 17 games in three straight seasons. uh, just the engine and there's been Unreal Cat. I'm curious, what would this defense look like without someone like Christian Wilkins? Obviously, uh, such a important role he plays, ninety eight percent of the snaps, but at the same time, I don't think you take him away and he turns the defense turns into, you know, Swiss cheese. So, well, I guess more Swiss cheese than it was at times. I don't know.
1: Look at Christian Wilkins would be a loss. And based on what we saw at the end of Hard Knocks, it, it looked like he was saying his final goodbyes. And you take a look at how hard how much the Dolphins talked with Christian Wilkins last off season, and nothing got done. I mean, I, to me, that was it. And maybe you can franchise him, maybe you can't. But I, I don't think he returns, and it, it it will be a loss. I mean, and and I don't know who you sign or who you draft because you've got to got to got to start piecing together defensive linemen from that point to try to make up for that. You, I mean, but more than likely, you're getting worse at that position. You're also proud. You're probably getting worse at or you are getting worse at the outside linebacker spots if, if Chubb and Phillips don't return, those are the questions that that are going to be asked this off season uh, with, with all these guys. I mean, you look at Chubb and Phillips, I mean, at, at, out, at linebacker, are you going to go spend, pull all your dollars together 15 million on a, on a free agent that's available at outside linebacker because you want to replace Chubb or Phillips? I I, I don't think you can. I think you just got to, got to learn to eat crap and like the taste of it when it comes to that situation. So the front seven, I think is going to, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to look pretty uh, here, but if that means that you keep Robert hunt and Connor Williams at the offensive line, I think it's worth it.
2: I think so too. And I think almost when they signed sealer, right, that was kind of their, um, you know, to get ahead of this thing, to make sure they had that guy that could be locked up and be the center of that defense. Cause let's be honest, Steeler balled out this year. So, um, it's going to definitely suck. Jake and I were talking about it. Um, my notes basically just said about resigning and please baby Jesus. And him and I both, you know, envisioned him going to a team that had a ton of cap space and just completely changing the locker room and the culture. I mean, that's why you don't want to see Christian Wilkins go, not only because he's been here, you know, building through this, fighting, battling with the team. Um, getting better every year, but because he's one of our best players and leaders, both on the field and off. So it's going to suck to see him go, but I think I agree with you, cat. If I had to choose between solidifying that offensive line and then, you know, throwing darts or next man up or a rotation of guys next to Zach sealer. Um, I- I'm sorry, Christian Wilkins, but I'm okay. Seeing you leave. Give, get that bag.
0: I wonder if they're going to kind of do anything they can for someone like Andrew van Ginkle, just for the sake of, I, I you wonder when Bradley Chubb and, uh, Jalen Phillips are going to be ready. I don't know if you can, can you invest another high resource at edge rusher? I mean, Bradley Chubb has a monster contract. Jalen Phillips, a former first round pick. Is this a team that'd be comfortable or is in a position to to spend high on pass rusher, whether that it's through the draft or, or whatever it may be. I, I wonder if maybe signing Andrew Van Ginkle is just the only band-aid that makes sense based on value and, and the type of production you're going to get.
1: My hope is that Van Ginkle doesn't have the computer stats um to warrant a big contract from another team that's my that's my hope and that you get him back for six or seven million a year but more than likely it's gonna he's probably priced himself out of the Dolphins range with his play this past year and good for him if that's the case I mean but yeah that's it it comes down to with the amount of money the Dolphins have thrown around over the last couple of years and I've agreed with them throwing that money around but Not everybody's going to return and it's going to be a different situation with Dolphins fans this offseason because we are not used to being in a position where, wait, why did we not bring back Christian Wilkins or Andrew Van Ginkle? It's not about that. This isn't Major League Baseball. Like there are actually rules in this sport compared to other sports where the Dolphins don't have that luxury of bringing everybody back like they have in previous seasons.
2: Yeah, it's going to be painful, and to think that, you know, some people say this was on one or two or, you know, a three-year window. I mean, it's going to be an interesting all-season indeed. And I'm, We want to see Chris Greer, you know, pony up and prove that he's that guy, and Mike McDaniel, um, all sorts of changes need to be made. So i um, not looking forward to what the future entails after what we just had to go through, what, less than a week ago? I mean, we're still mourning, man.
0: I'm cool. So we'll have the two offensive line notes at the top. I'm cool. Having Van Ginkle, Wilkins closer to the bottom. We're going to try to pull Wilkins up as we go through this. How high would you guys put, let's start special teams in general, because I think that was a huge issue for the dolphins. I remember kind of throwing up the, the red, the, you know, the red flag when I saw that, you know, the dolphins, what, Two or three weeks at the, the Kansas City game or like, according to PFF, top three in offense, top three in defense, and then 31st in special teams. I saw some other reports come out that say the Miami Dolphins were the worst kick return coverage team. And as a result, opposing offenses had the best starting field position. Another thing that just kind of doomed Miami's defense worked against it. So how big of a priority is that as you go through the pain points of this 2023 season? Where do special teams rank?
1: Uh, very low i mean danny crossman should be should have been fired last year and i'm actively rooting for him to be fired this year put it like this jake uh in the last two seasons there have been only 21 kick or punt returns for touchdown in the last two years in the nfl the dolphins have let up four of them okay if that's not enough to get somebody fired i don't really know what is um I don't know what they were thinking by replacing uh, Thomas Morstead with, with Jake Bailey after the season Morstead had in 2022, Jake Bailey was awful. He was awful with the Patriots in the last two years. So really uh, across the board, I don't, I don't agree with anything they've done on special teams. You know, I, as far as returners are concerned, look, Braxton Berrios did the thing that was most important to me as a returner. He didn't drop the ball. He didn't muff the ball one time this past year i don't think he may have muffed it and re- re- recovered it but if you want to bring him back on a minimum salary just to be the part return i'm fine with that danny crossman's got to go and the coverage units just flat out have to get better
2: yeah i had that at the top of the list i think that was the list you might have made jake but if you go down all of our listeners you know they said special teams were at the top and um then i went and wrote in my notes you know Last season, I thought Danny Crossman was gone. I think I have the tweet. I said Danny Crossman would be gone. I believe Josh Boyer as well. So I thought he should be gone last year because of how dismal it was. Jake Bailey, eat him into the sun. I know he's an un, uh, unrestricted free agent or whatever. They need a new punter. Like um, Brian said, I don't know why they got rid of our boy, um, Thomas Morstead. And then um, I do like what we saw to Braxton Barrios. but I saw a name going around Twitter today it was uh, Matt Collins and just bringing him in. Um, you know, would have changed everything, right? He could have been that uh, special teams guy, and he could have also been that big body wide receiver three. So, um, I joked that that could have changed things. But you also, in the recent pod, Jake mentioned how the Dolphins and you, maybe you said it when I went to get the baby, but how their special teams was what ranked like dead last in the NFL. So, um, changes definitely need to be made. And I guess this is where you're going to see if Mike McDaniel can make these moves, right? Has he? I guess he's fired some guys. Has he? Has he gotten
0: rid of? I get Matt Applebaum, right? Was there anybody else? Josh Boyer, I thought that was so weird. You know, we had this lead up about how it took a year. Like, we had to get used to the whole system. I mean, Danny Crossman, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he was a holdover from uh, Brian Flores as well. So so it was kind of weird to see him come back for, for a second year. Uh, Mr. Perfect Season, uh, he started his list premier tight end, another cornerback, it's time to replace Howard, improve special teams as his third, and then pay keep Christian Wilkins as his fourth. Uh, guys, cornerback. I know we want, it starts with the offensive line, but there was an interesting quote from Howard where they were discussing maybe taking a pay cut and he kind of struck it off as something he wouldn't do. Don't blame him. Uh, I'm never going to tell someone to take less money than they should. Uh, so how does the Miami Dolphins kind of rebuild the secondary? I think Deshaun Elliott is also a free agent as well. So how is the how are the Miami Dolphins going to do this? Did you guys kind of feel like Howard might be a goner?
1: Oh, he's gone. Uh, and it's a shame because it's really one of my favorite dolphins of all time. I mean, over a span of, I believe what, between 2020 and 2021, there was something like in a span of 25 games, he had 17 tor- turnovers. It was insane. It, That's, that's nuts. And a really a borderline hall of Famer probably won't make the hall of fame kind of in that cam wake territory where maybe a, a pro bowl or two short, but yeah, look, he's 31 years old and this guy can't get through a season healthy. And when he was on the field this past year, you know, he had, he had a stretch of games early in the season where he was good, but other than that, no. Um, And then you look at, um, but you look at that at the defensive back position though. I mean, Javon Holland will be back for another year. Jalen Ramsey will be back. And Deshaun Elliott, I really don't think he's going to have a huge market and he was a a pretty underrated signing. If you could get Mm -hmm. him back for a couple of million, which I think the dolphins can, I think you do that. I mean, it's, he played bad late in the season, but he and Javon Holland both had bad knees. Two safeties, two starting safeties, four bad knees between both of them. And then at the cornerback spot, Cater Co, who played like garbage in the last month of the year, but he's, he played well in the year and a half before that. Cam Smith, the expectation is he st- steps up, and he's the cornerback opposite um, Jalen Ramsey. But I I am okay trying to piece together the Dolphins' front seven. And then you get into the NFL draft, where it's supposed to be deep at cornerback this year. Maybe you draft a cornerback in the first round to put him opposite Jalen Ramsey in a secondary with Deshaun Elliott, J- Javon Holland, and Cader Kohu. That you'd have a great secondary, and you would really just have to piece together the front seven.
0: Ah, God, God! Can you can you really do that after Cam Smith, Josh?
2: I don't know. I mean, we're going to find out if they do. Right. I mean, I, I hate seeing Xavier Howard go, but I think the writing's definitely been on the wall there. I mean, I almost thought they were trying to replace him with Byron Jones until that turned to shit. And then they made the Jalen Ramsey trade and you just knew they couldn't keep both of them. Right. So um with the injuries. It's going to be a shame to see him go. But coming into this, I almost have. Well, you have written down, you know, Most important undrafted free agents to sign. And to me, Deshaun Elliott has to be one of them, right? I mean, how awesome that defense looked at times. Yes, you mentioned it kind of fizzled out towards the end of the year, but that would be at the top of my signing to me. I just want to know who's that number two guy. I mean, do you go out there and and bring back a a veteran free agent? I mean, do you move cater to the outside? I mean, you mentioned he played terrible in the, well, I don't want to say you said terrible, but he played um, less than. Less than we less than adequate in the slot. I mean, he's we've seen him play on the outside. I mean, that's not his ideal spot, but could you potentially see him going out there? I mean, for me, we want to see Cam Smith step up, but um, unless this year humbles him and we see him take the next step in year two, they're definitely gonna be looking towards the draft or um, I guess via free agency to bring in someone opposite of Jalen Ramsey, which who knows how long he'll be around, right? I hate to be doom and gloom, but it just feels like every year from now on they're gonna be making these roster moves.
0: Can the Dolphins really, I don't know, be cheap in the secondary? I mean, Nick Needham never saw playing time. You see you draft Cam Smith. He doesn't get playing time. Uh, Vic Vangio really likes to trust his guys there in the secondary. Uh, is there a scenario where you could see the Dolphins just kind of uh, glue and duct tape it together in the secondary? Because I I really think if Vangio is going to get uh, picky about a position, it's going to be uh, – safety and then I also think he's going to get like five undrafted free agent defensive tackles that he's obsessed with
1: yeah I I hate to tell you Jake but the Dolphins aren't gonna have a choice I mean look look they the what we've seen the last two or three off seasons that's not gonna happen this offseason I mean they're not gonna be able to say hey let's go out money's not an issue we're gonna spend 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 they do that, they're they're getting themselves into big, big trouble down the road. Uh, and I think you're going to see him being, being a little bit more cheap this year. And and to your point, maybe that's why you take a leap of faith and you start Cam Smith at, at quarterback, because you invested in him. Maybe you take a leap of faith and, and you have Eric Ezekama as your third receiver if, if he comes back healthy. Maybe you take a leap of faith and you have Channing Tindall take over for Jerome Baker, but... Those are the types of decisions that are going to have to be made. And as far as the draft is concerned, my preference is that the Dolphins trade down until it hurts. Because you take a look at like what the Rams did this past year. They had 15 draft picks because they had so many spots on their roster to fill. They didn't hit every pick, but they came away with four or five really good picks. And I think when you go with quantity over quality in the draft and you take more, more swings at the plate – that's when you start to see, you know, a lot of these a lot of these players come out of nowhere.
2: i am i am a I'm a hundred percent good with trading down. And you mentioned Ezekoma Tyndall, you know, um, Cam Smith. Do you think maybe this is what they're waiting for, right? They knew the impending doom. The boogeyman was coming up, and you know, they got to get these guys prepared for um this type of year. And, you know, Jake keeps saying, Vic Fangio, do we have any doubt that he's gonna be back this year? I mean, I know we keep hearing John Harbaugh, or is it Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh lingering. Um, could make the jump to the NFL, you know, the pros, if he does, I mean, uh, he could be taking Vic Fangio with him, right. Or is that out of the realm of possibility?
1: I haven't heard anything about Fangio, um, leaving, but I, I always thought that was a possibility. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I wasn't as impressed with Fangio as I thought I would be, but, um, you know, he's been around in, in the league for a long time. So I, I think I really think Fangio as a defensive coordinator and play call is probably the least of the Dolphins' problems right now. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens happens there. Ho- hopefully, hopefully you're right on that, uh, Josh. Where where you know Channing Tindall and and Cam Smith are are players that can step into those roles and they've been primed for that. But they didn't play a lot of snaps on defense either. I mean, uh, so I I wonder is that by design or were they not just not good enough to see the field? And, and at this point in their career, I tend to think they were just not good enough to see the field, but we'll see. With
0: limited to work with what, what what do you feel becomes that third priority, right? Because if you want to continue to build that offense or find ways for it to be successful, what needs to improve? We hear things like Derrick Henry saying, he thought he's gonna be drafted by the Miami dolphins and talked about how he like would love to play in Miami, how that could be a possibility. Sorry, I dropped my pen. We also see situations where, man, the this offense, imagine if they just had Sam Laporta, how different that'd make the offense. Can they survive with Eric Azucama becoming that physical wide receiver number three that you can maybe use in the backfield occasionally and then just kind of piece the rest together with Durham Smythe scratching and clawing for 50 yards a game? Where is that, you know, after you kind of get happy with your guys there on the offensive line, how do you make this offense perfect for Tua?
1: You know after the top two priorities, if if we're, we're talking about resigning Robert Hunt number one, Connor Williams n- number two or getting the center position right, to me uh, priority number three is is gather is resign as many of your own players that are not going to command a lot of as uh, that are not going to command a lot of money. And the mm-hmm. three guys I look at are Kendall Lamb, Deshaun Elliott and um, now I'm forgetting somebody now, Uh Kendall Lamb, Deshaun Elliott and Raekwon Davis. Those, cause those are three players that I could see in, in a season where you're not going to have a lot of money to play with. Are those three guys that can come in and be serviceable starters so that you don't have to replace them? Cause yeah, if, if you lose Wilkins, that sucks. But if you can keep Raquan Davis there as your nose tackle and you've got Zach Sealer, then you've only got to fill one spot. And at safety, you're, if you can bring back to Sean Elliott for a few million a year and you've got Javon Holland, you don't have to worry about the safety spot and you can start focusing your, your resources and your draft picks on, on other positions.
2: Yeah, I love that. I actually had them both written down. I also have Isaiah Wynn as another guy. You know, we're talking about offensive line, a guy that I think Jake even mentioned him. A guy that you can bring in for cheap. But if he's mentioning a third option on that offense, I know that a lot of people were asking, you know, who's going to be that third option? Craycraft, Barrios—they're not going to be third options, but those could also be two guys that you know, um, like Kat said, they take a very. uh, They might even some of the is Barrios
1: under contract or is he a free agent? He's a free agent. I I I have. He and Craig Craft, and Cedric Wilson's a free agent. I, so. I, th- I think I really so. the whole depth chart after Hill and Waddle is, if I'm not mistaken.
2: But I know some people are seeing the Derrick Henry thing, and they're saying we might need a Thunder you know, option. I think we truly just need to – you know, I joke about the Matt Collins thing. I keep thinking about that because of Twitter. But I think they need to bring a tight end. Add that tight end element. You know how nice would it have been to get Sam Laporta with what he's doing now. But um, to bring in that third option for Tua in the passing game, I think could open things up, but it all starts up front. Like we uh, mentioned earlier in the podcast.
0: Kat, would you agree that, that it'd be, excuse me, that you need a tight end or would it be really just figuring out that wide receiver three?
1: I, I lean toward receiver three more. uh, And the reason I say that is, I mean, the, the tight end position, look at the last two years, it's kind of been neglected in the passing game anyway. And I like the idea of getting, of having a tight end that, can be one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, as opposed to somebody that's sent out in pass patterns. I mean, I, again, uh, go back over and over again is when Tua has a clean pocket to throw from, his arm is not an issue, but when he has to make off platform throws and go to his second read, that's when all these problems start to to come up. And so, yeah, I mean, of course I wouldn't turn down a Sam Laporta who wouldn't like one of those guys. And And you've seen a lot of tight ends this this past draft come out and and do a great job and heck if Brock Bowers gets within striking range um of the Dolphins at 21 that that might be a different conversation but in general tight end tight ends a position that I'm I'm not I'm not really prioritizing in 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 the offseason
0: if you had to like just pick someone in the NFL who, who would be like
1: your ideal number three wide receiver like body type wise Um, I mean, I, I like Josh's suggestion of Matt Collins because I, I honestly would take him over Cedric Wilson. I would take him over chase Claypool and he can also play special teams. He, he's also somebody that doesn't separate all that well, but then again, do you, are you going to have a third receiver? Um, that if you have a third receiver, do you need, do you want a little bit of size or do you want somebody who can separate at an elite level? The the guy that Tua likes, that's going to be the question. I mean, so do you go with a Matt Collins, or do you, or do you go with like a, J- a Jahan Dotson type from from the commanders, who's not a free agent, but that type of body type? And if you get into the second round of the NFL draft and a wide receiver falls to that spot, do you start saying, uh, let's let's take this offense to, a, to an even higher level with a wide receiver like that? So th- these are all things that are going to play out here.
2: Yeah, I guess the tight ends I'm thinking of are more of a—I don't want to say a slot wide receiver, but um, I guess Dalton Kincaid was one of them. I guess what we Mike all pictured, sickie. maybe Kyle, yeah, Mike Isiki. uh To the—that's the next evolution of him, right? Isn't that Dalton Kincaid like uh, the next evolution of him? But like a guy like Kyle Pitts, like how we dreamed him up in our head—that's what I was kind of envision as that uh, third wide receiver. But whoever it is, it always need to have someone step up, and um, late in the year, it turned out to bite him in the ass, right?
0: It's still my dumb brain. Why couldn't? Braxton Barrios or like even a river Craycraft or Cedric Wilson's do work on a team's third quarterback. Why, why can't, why can't I wrap my head around that? That just simply not working.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, from what I saw late in the season, they just couldn't beat one-on-one coverage. And that turned out to be a massive problem where, you know, Tua likes to throw to receivers that separate. I mean, I, I know every quarterback does and that's kind of a duh comment, but look, it's it's different with if you can separate. Tua has the accuracy to find to, to find you as long as he's well protected. It's it's as simple as that. And I, you know, Chase Claypool, River Craycraft, Cedric Wilson, Raxon Barrios. I don't think you prioritize any of these guys. I'm interested to see if Braylon Sanders is going to make that step up this year, where you know he is somebody that can that's fast. He can separate. And he's been on the practice squad now for what the last two years uh, I'm, I'm hoping he steps up and he becomes a factor this year.
0: And two, um, I did like, I, I love that Derrick Henry clip. It would have been so cool to see some like Derrick Henry in Miami to kind of change the tone, but it's like kind of ridiculous. Is it to be talking about, um, Running backs, I mean, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, both under contract. Yes, you can move on to him, but, you know, Jeff or er, Mostert just led the league in, in rushing touchdowns. You just spent a third round pick on Devon Aitian, who looks awesome. And hey, by the way, the contract is on the books. Alec Ingold's the highest paid fullback in the NFL. Now, I know that doesn't mean a complete boatload, but when you're talking about pinching pennies this year and, and just really being smart with your money, I, I have a hard time envisioning any type of running back type move for this unit, just, just how the money has been allocated.
1: Yeah, I don't think the Dolphins are going to add a running back. And if you told me that next year that you're going to have Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan, and Chris Brooks as your top three guys, I'm totally good with that. I don't know what Alec is doing on the team, quite frankly. I mean, you mm-hmm. you extend the guy and give him $5 million a year, and it, it's nothing against Ingold, But why is it on third and two or third and one, him in the backfield at fullback is never the answer? I, I don't I don't get it. This guy is... It, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Alec Ingold, you, you pay him $5 million a year. He touched the ball 15 times this year. What what kind of sense does that make? So, yeah, look, if you have Derrick Henry at running back, is Mike McDaniel going to have the discipline to call plays with he and Alec Ingold in the backfield? Based on what I saw this year, the answer is no. So, uh, I yeah, I, I'll pass on Derrick Henry, and I'm 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 still very, very confused by the the Engle extension before the year.
2: I would have loved to see Engle get more carries, especially, you know, in that frigid weather last week. I mean, for me, though, with Derrick Henry, I mean, I don't know where that came from, but I will always want Derrick Henry on my team. Uh, I think I did it, my first mock draft, had him there. But for now, with the way the Dolphins cap situation is, just squint your eyes and pretend that Chris Brooks is your Derrick Henry, because that's probably the closest we're going to get.
1: I have one more thing to bitch about real quick, uh, The as far as the last game's concerned. I thought one of two things would happen, that Jeff Wilson and Alec Ingold would be in the backfield and Jeff Wilson would be pounded inside, given that it was negative five degrees outside. Or I thought it's going to be a heavy game with Achan and Raheem Mostert and that that's basically going to be, okay, we're going to run the ball 40 times with these guys, and that's where the big plays are going to come from. We're going to pound away, and that's got None of those two two things happened. Would they run the ball fourteen times in frigid weather? None, none of it made sense. And when Mike McDaniel said that um, play calling is, he basically said play calling's on the table this year. Everything's on the table. I, I would certainly welcome that. I look, I support Mike McDaniel as the coach. I think he should be the coach. I think he's a brilliant offensive play designer. But as far as down to down, um, making preparations, getting the play in and and adjusting and and just running the damn ball, he, he fell short this year.
2: It's a year later, and we're still talking about the run game. I mean, that's that's all you need to say about that.
0: I thought the Dolphins would at least. I mean, even the Jeff Wilson, I thought was like the obvious. Like, hey, let's let's pound the rock. I thought the creative mike mcdaniel version of that would just be to have 8 chan moster on the field at the same line just having one guy maybe just running nonsense every single play having it going back and forth uh but i saw this the snap counts i think moster played like 40 percent of snaps and eight chan was even smaller than that so the overlap between those guys was was completely it didn't exist and that kind of blew my mind too because if you have all this speed and you want to take advantage of it i mean you got to try something and we hear you know Tua a complaining following the game about how communication still an issue. And there's two set motions before every play. I mean, if there are so many things happening and the ball's only going to Tyree kill, why do we need to say this stuff? Can it just be people like running around like, like mindlessly at a certain point, if they aren't going to be used.
1: Right. It, the offense needs to be simplified next year. That it's as simple as that. If, if you're still there at the end of the year, after every road game, talking about getting the plays in and communication and all this stuff—I mean, something's got to change in that. And but here, the good thing is—and I, I said this all year—is that the Dolphins, especially offensively, do the hard things well. They—I mean, it, to be number one in um, yards and number two in points is—that's the hard thing. But getting the plays in and doing the easy things and and running the ball when you've been running the ball well is, is where they. Just very frustratingly come up short, but I got to say too, uh, um, Jake, I you, you've shown the restraint on this podcast being 45 minutes in, and and you know you haven't pointed out that Jeff Wilson caught two passes and got zero carries against the Chiefs. I don't
0: understand, like of all the guys who can catch passes on this team, and and it's like the Durham Smythe thing. It's why are we trying to make Durham Smythe a thing when you have like someone like Braxton Barrios who can catch a football? It, it just how high on the list does Miami's play calling have to be? How about, how about that? should that be? Number three, make it something needs to change with Miami's play calling on offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, just do the simple thing and take what's in front. This whole offense needs to take what's in front of them. That goes, that goes from Tua to Mike McDaniel, you know, stop trying to be three steps ahead of the opposition all the time. Just be one step ahead. So yeah.
2: And I hate to be that guy making excuses, but again, this was, what, year two calling plays? So every year at the end of the season, he says he's going to work on X, Y, and Z. It felt like at times you may have saw it last year, but at the end of the day, um, it was the same old thing. So they need to figure out a way to simplify things, figure out a way to get this thing in gear, because as we saw at times, this offense was unstoppable, um, almost like they're holding themselves back among anybody else.
0: So how high of a – if the Miami Dolphins had a change of play calling and they were able I don't know, convert a single first down against the Titans or win at home against the Bills, score a point in the second half. uh, I think that changes things for the Dolphins. Do you think with what they had on this roster, a couple shuffles in play calling, maybe a different decision or two would have been enough for the Dolphins um, outcome to be different, or is it more focused on what's on or the players on the field?
1: Yeah, it's, it's both. I mean, you, you take a look at the, perfect example of that is you know was it the dolphins first or second drive i can't remember against the chiefs but it was you know it's it's second and inches and Tua drops back and throws the ball and and misses devon devon h and he if he catches that pass he had blockers in front man he might have taken that to the house so you've you're throwing the ball on second and inches you're 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 throwing the ball seven yards back in the backfield um it turns out to be a very good decision, and then Tua can't hit the broadside of a barn on that play, and then after that on, on third and inches, they get a false start as third and five, and then through, Tua throws a pick. That entire drive just summarizes how the Dolphins are not taking what's in front of them offensively, either by execution or by co- or by play calling.
0: All right, I want to dedicate here the last five minutes or so, go through some of these lists and see if we can... Let, let's let's get to six and then we'll come back. We'll reassess and try to fill out our 10 here. Um, Johnny said the interior O-line needs to be strengthened. He's been uh, picking up what cats were put down. The linebacker unit needs to be built, which is interesting. We need to find a competent corner opposite of Ramsey. We need a big boundary receiver. We need an inline tight end. And, and yeah, it, it's really one of those things if we could draft all those guys. And I wonder if that big bodied right, wide receiver in line tight end if you can kind of uh knock those two out of the park at the same time here from justin he said it was the same thing as it is every year while tua and mike did well to mask the o-line in games against better defenses, it didn't hold up his list starts with o-line cornerback physical halfback wide receiver three i don't know if ezukama is it and linebacker baker showed up but the role isn't really worth the money and then finally marcos review the whole special teams unit as a whole from top to bottom Find a stud center if Williams is gone. Draft and develop a raw but high floor quarterback. We have that. His name is Skylar Thompson. Find a physical running back that drags defenders for short yards. Revamp the offensive line. Replace Wilkins if he's gone and get a physical tight end. I apologize if that sounded like a bunch of word salad. But I think we have four there. We have Robert Hunt. We have the center we have the play calling on offense and we have special teams out of everything else I've been saying, guys, what do you think belongs with those four as like the top priorities for the dolphins? Of course, after they clear up 40 million cap space.
1: Yeah, and I'd say, you know, re re sign as many cheap free agents of your own free agents that are startable as possible, you know? And again, I go back to Kendall lamb who would be a backup unless Armstead retired. Um, Raquan Davis would be a two down run defender, but, you know, a nose tackle that can start for you. And Deshaun Elliott, who there probably isn't going to be a big market for that. That would be, that'd be big. The rest. I mean, you can light on fire as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, but I I mean, I I just, I I, I don't think there are a lot of other good unrestricted free agents that are at least need to be prioritized to come back. Um, I I think you can find them pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I guess two things I will say is, uh, I mean, every time we've come on here, Jake, you know, at, at this point in um, the last, since we started this podcast, I've been talking about the linebacking unit. And I know we saw Jerome Baker. Um, I don't want to say elevate his game. We know Duke Riley, I believe is under contract next year, but I don't know if it's the old school uh guy who grew up watching that thumper in the middle of a defense, the game changer. I just want to see the Dolphins have that uh playmaking linebacker. So I would say um, change the linebacking unit a little bit. And then, well, you talked about it, bringing in a, Another quarterback, you know, just throwing a dart, right? We know Tua Tungvalu is going to be back next year. Skyler Thompson, I mean, I was thinking about it. This is what I was thinking on my drive home, was that he put up more points in a playoff game than Tua low I remember I was driving home thinking about that, and I was like, oh, man, son of a gun. So I could also see throwing a dart in the draft, whether it's, you know, day two, day three, at a quarterback who might have a mobility, maybe a guy that you could use in those short yarder situations. But um, for me, I think the list we're compiling pretty much is spot on. Let's just hope the dolphins and Chris Creek can figure out a way to um, make it all happen. Cause it's not a tough task. Like we said, put up that Donna Ponte bat signal.
1: Yeah. And that's a, a really good point there. As far as quarterbacks, the dolphins should be drafting a quarterback every year. I know they've only had eight draft picks in the last two years. One of them was Skylar Thompson. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Skylar Thompson fan, but I would rather have him, be the Dolphins backup quarterback uh, than, than paying somebody 7 million a year to sit there and do nothing. Um, and But look, it, you take a look at, you know, the, the head coach he's most similar to at least stylistically, Mike McDaniel is most, most similar to, to Mike, uh, to uh, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan drafts Brock Purdy in the last pick of the draft, just throws a dart. I mean, and and comes away with a franchise quarterback. If Mike McDaniel is the offensive genius, that a lot of people say he is, you should absolutely be drafting at least one quarterbacker.
0: Completely agree. I, I'm, I'm with you both there. I think that is it. I think we have a good list, seven, eight items or so. We will release the list with this podcast. Be sure to let us know what you think, what needs to be added, what needs to be dropped out. Cat, Josh, thank you guys so much for joining me today on another Dolphins podcast. That's it. That's all the time we have. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend watching the football. We might have a surprise show tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. But until then, good up,
2: it ends up.